Hey everybody, Cal Banyan here, Cal Banyan's Hypnosis, etc. on calbanyan.com. Come check it out on that uh, website. We have a link where you can sign up to get notified every time a new video comes out. Yes, last video I admitted I'm guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. I am guilty of, along with my co-host, providing you with more hypnosis training for free than there is in just about any other hypnosis training that you could pay for. Guilty, guilty, guilty. All right, let's see what I'm going to talk about this time. Oh, this is important. Top six things to make sure you do in every hypnosis session, especially the first hypnosis session. Let me introduce to you my co-host, the lovely, the smart, the talented, the very smart and talented, Erica Flint. She is an author. She is a journal writer. She is actually one of the hardest working people I know in the profession of hypnosis. She has been a solid gold. She's been at the National Guild of Hypnotists. She is one of the trainers of the Five Path System, the NJH Approved Banyan Hypnosis Certification Course with Five Path and Seven Path Self-Hypnosis. How are you doing, Erica? I'm doing great, Cal, and thanks for that introduction. I just want to comment on, you know, saying that I'm the hardest working or harder working. And I think, you know, I realize it's because we get such great results, you know, it's really, um, really rewarding to be able to do these sessions and do this work with clients and get results, get results, get results, get results. So there's kind of like this embedded reward built in and real uh, inspiration for working with clients with, with what we do with Five Path and hypnosis that helps me to just want to keep on doing more and more things so that we can bring hypnosis to more people and bring relief to more people. And so this topic today, and I'm going to introduce you in just a second, this topic today is about how the things that you should do in every single session. So let me tell you guys all about Cal Banyan. Cal is the authority on hypnosis that works. Not just the theory, but the practical application that you're going to be using with clients in session to get the results that you want for them and grow your practice every single day every single time. He's been in the profession for over 20 years. He's won nearly every award from the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is the oldest, the largest hypnosis professional organization in the world. He's an author. He is a trainer. He's written, um, he's written books. He's written articles. He's appeared on radio. He's appeared on television. He's trained some of the best in the profession. He's who the experts turn to for guidance and support. He provides tremendous tremendous um, ongoing support for the five path community because he wants us to be successful and that's why he and I love giving all of this stuff away for free. I am forever grateful for Cal in my life and for my practice because once I took the five path training I was off and running. It worked so well from the very beginning. I was able to go full time in the profession in less than a year and I've been doing it ever since. Loving it ever since and so it's just really great to be here Cal to continue doing what we know works best. Giving this stuff away and getting results for our clients with high level super professional and systematic hypnosis through five path. So what do you think about this topic? Wow I feel really great after that. It all made it worthwhile. (laughs) 
Very good. Well, the reason that I wanted to cover this topic is because I was working with um, some graduates in, in a mentorship program that I run, and the topic came up like, you know, it feels, sometimes it feel, can feel overwhelming for people to do hypnosis, and with, you know, the systematic approach we use with Five Path, it makes it a lot easier. But there's other elements too, like what should you be doing in every hypnosis session? Um, and so you can kind of, you know, create a checklist or create something for yourself that you know that you were doing excellent work with your hypnotist. I love checklists. I know you love checklists too, Cal. So I created a checklist of things that you want to make sure that you're doing in every hypnosis session. And that's where this got started. So I'll start with the first one, Cal, and then, and then we'll see what you have to think about that. The first thing is preparation. So preparing, getting to the office on time or your location on time, maybe you're working out of your home or your home office, in time to prepare your space. Make sure it's clean, make sure that it smells good, make sure everything is ready, preparing and reviewing your client session, and then getting yourself ready, getting you in the right frame of mind. So there's always some really good prep work that needs to come before every hypnosis session, right, Cal? You know, right, because it gets you, I like arriving ahead of time um, so that like, for example, my first session of the day, I don't want to just come blow through the door, hi, wave at the at the client there in the waiting room, flash into the desk and, you know, trying to look around and get stuff done. I like to be there plenty of time to be able to get my mindset ready, to tune into what I'm going to be doing with this individual client. I typically will come in and, and the client folder will be on my desk ready for me to review, go into my office, make sure everything is right, that I have everything I need. Um, you know, pen, breath mints, all that kind of just stuff. That I have the music at the right level, I have it on repeat, uh, just all that kind of just housekeeping kind of thing so that I'm when I'm ready to do it, I know the stage is set for me to perform. Then you should do too. Right. I mean, sometimes I'll come in and, and the window has been closed because it was stormy the day before here in the Pacific Northwest. And I come in and maybe it's a little stuffy. So I open up the window. I want it to be fresh. I want it to smell good. I want to enjoy it there. And so I think that's really important. Um, and it comes down to really what I like to say uh, about our clients, right? Who is the most important client? And the answer is the one that is in front of you right then and there. So you shouldn't be thinking about anything else. Now, one caveat with that response is I do think that you need to be your own most important client. You need to be doing your own work. But setting that aside, as far as another human being goes, the most important client is the one right in front of you. So doing your work to make sure nothing is bothering you, nothing in your own life. You're not thinking about your last client. You're not thinking about the client that is not the next one, but the one after that. You have a clear mind and can completely and totally focus on the next client that's coming in. Uh, what do you think about that, Cal? I'm thinking you're exactly right. But there's one time when it's very challenging. For example, from time to time, someone will come in, you'll work with them, you make these tremendous changes in their life, and then they want to move on to something else. But in the meantime, they've referred their mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, whatever, and now all of a sudden, like for example, right now I'm working with a teenager and her, both her parents have sought out, they saw what I do with the teenager, and now I'm seeing both the mom and the dad. And so it's a little bit challenging when I'm working with mom to not be 
talking about or thinking about you know her husband and her child as I'm working with her and sometimes that crosses over because she's talking about how this positive change we're making is affecting her whole family but you're absolutely right your main focus has to be on that one who is right in front of you yeah very good and that's it that is a interest, very interesting concept, but uh, when you're talking about your client that's in front of you, she's talking about her son. Well, you're still, uh, you know, talking about your client too, and, and, and you know, it happens to be another client, right? Uh, so there's a there's a familiar uh, relationship there that makes it kind of unique, but very interesting. So I can see where that is one kind of unique situation that you might run into. Cool. What's next? Yeah, let's go to number two. Um, the second one is you you want to do a pre-hypnosis interview with every single client. So the pre-hypnosis interview is when you're going to talk to your client before the hypnosis, uh, the formal hypnosis works, uh, before the formal hypnosis gets started, I should say. Um, and so the pre-hypnosis interview, it can be different um, depending on the session. So for the very first session with our clients, what we talk about with the pre-hypnosis interview is we want to get a thumbnail sketch of the problem. And we talk about that's part of the pre-hypnosis interview. But on subsequent sessions, the second session, the third session, the fourth session, we still want to do a pre-hypnosis interview, um, but we might be asking them different questions. One of the questions that I like to ask in the pre-hypnosis interview is I will ask them, what worked for you this week? And the reason I like to start with that question is I want to start with their positive benefits, the positive outcomes that have come up that week. Uh, oftentimes we will get clients who only want to focus on the negative, and that's because of negativity bias. Um, and with a negativity bias, just real quick, our brain is hardwired biologically to focus on the negative for our survival. So it's very common for our clients to come in and only report to us what didn't work that week. And what we want to do is get them focusing on what did work. When we do it that way, it's very likely your client will realize they had a really awesome week and those things that didn't work quite as well as they wanted they did work, maybe they just didn't work 100%, but normally they are on the path to success. But there's other things that we might want to do in the pre-hypnosis interview too. So Cal, um, let me just pass it to you so you can comment on other things that you include in the pre-hypnosis interview. Oh, well, <laughs> I give my clients homework. They're going to be doing some reading and they're going to be doing self-hypnosis practice. And so we cover how that's going and tweak, answer any questions they have about what they've been reading. And I also answer any questions they have about uh, doing seven path self-hypnosis and make sure they're doing it exactly right. There's an old saying that the confused mind does nothing. And I don't know if that's always true. They don't do anything, but it's hard to do something with your whole heart and soul or with any level of competency if you're not sure about what you're doing. So any things that I've got them doing at home, I make sure that they're absolutely clear on what and how they're supposed to be doing those things. Excellent. Keep on going. All right. Very good. So the next thing is clearly defined outcomes. So what do I mean by that? Well, we really want to make sure that we know and our client also knows what does success look like? What does it mean? Are they um, not eating nearly as much? Are they able to fall asleep and stay asleep at night? If they are, what does that look like? Um, a lot of our clients will say things to us like, I want to sleep better. 
Well, if we leave it at that, we don't know if they're successful. So we really want to have clearly defined measurable outcomes or results, if you want to call it that, for our clients. And we want to know what they are and review them with our clients when they are coming in. Now, technically, this could be kind of a sub part of the prehypnosis interview, but it's important enough that it really needs to be covered and understood as part of every single session so that you know that your client is being successful and your client knows that they are being successful as well, right? Right. And you know, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about as we accentuate the positive, right? Then also, and it makes them successful minded and what happens is their goals may shift as they start seeing outcome, believing in outcome. And what will happen is sometimes we can narrow it or sometimes we broaden it or make the goals bigger as like, for example, weight loss. Somebody come and go, oh man, if I could just lose 10 pounds when really they need to lose 100 pounds, right? But then they lose that five pounds. They go, well, heck, maybe I could do 20, you know? And so you adjust as you go. And as Franklin Covey once said, begin with the end in mind. And so you end you begin each, you begin the series of sessions with the end in mind, and then you check what the, what the target is in each session so that we can adjust, expand, increase, or whatever is appropriate. It keeps it exciting, too. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And I just want to point out that we do have another episode on this, how to get clear and get results for your clients. It's episode number 491. If you want more detail on how do you get clearly defined outcomes for your clients, Cal and I did an episode on that previously that you could look up 491 uh, to get a little more detail on, on exactly what we're talking about here and how to do that. Uh, the next is um, pretty obvious, but you want to make sure that you do hypnosis. Um, you want to make sure you do hypnosis in every session. Let me just comment on this. I know this has happened to you too, Cal, where you have someone who is talking, 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 talking. They want to tell you everything and you are looking at the clock and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I really need to wrap this up. I need to get my client in the chair. And so you as a professional hypnotist, it is your job to be in touch with the clock, not your clients. You're running the session, not your clients. So make sure that you are paying attention to the clock. We've all had clients before who are talking a lot for one reason or another. And so really make sure that you get your client in the chair in enough time to do really good deep hypnosis work with them. So Cal, I know this has probably happened to you before, right? Where you have a client who's just talking so much and you really need to get them in the chair. Right. In fact, as you're talking about that, I'm looking at the computer right now because I was looking up at our list of podcasts and we do a podcast uh, number 343, Time Management in Hypnosis Sessions. Um, so check it out. Uh, if, if, if you want to get access to that complete list, Gosh, go to calbanion.com if you're not already there. And there's somewhere on the main site, you know, web page, just every page it says, hey, subscribe to our newsletter. What happens every time a new episode is created, we'll send you off a note, say, hey, a new episode is up. And then also there will be a link in the newsletter for this complete list of hundreds of hypnosis podcasts by title. All right, good. What's next? All right, so uh, number four is you want to do a future progression with your client. So um, there is age progression, uh, 
And a part of age progression or a subset of age regression is future progression where you are taking your client into the future where they are imagining their success. They get a future expectation from success. And so we want to do that in general every single session so that the client is leaving feeling successful. They have just got some really awesome insight from the insight-based hypnosis and five path, either age regression or forgiveness therapies or perhaps parts mediation therapy. Uh, There's plenty of episodes on those. That's not what we're talking about today. But future progression, taking your client into the future, they get to experience their life having already made all the changes, they're being successful, and that helps them to leave feeling like they are super positive and they know exactly what to do. And so there is part of the future progression that I think is powerful to do every session so our clients leave feeling awesome. What do you think about that, Cal? You know, it's so exciting because when I first started getting into this profession, very, 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 very few people were doing age progression. And when they did, it would be tacked on to... um, maybe age regression. And when I started using that consistently, I discovered everything that you just mentioned and that they have this mental expectation of success, but also it's the final test to see if you're done with age regression. I mean, if you do all this age regression work, for example, on fear of public speaking, and then you do an age progression process where you go to event one, two, or three in the probable future, where they're speaking in front of people and they're still feeling afraid, guess what? You're not done with age regression. And so that is another component of age progression being so powerful. And then I started generalizing it and saying, you know, if it's such a good check for the stuff I'm doing age regression, and it also gives this mental expectancy of success, then why don't I do that with forgiveness work? Forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self, parts mediation work. And uh, it is just now just totally integrated into the five path system as something that is recommended that we do in every phase uh, with whatever we're doing with a client. It's huge. Awesome. Very good point. Uh, Thank you, Cal. Um, The sixth one is results. And this, of course, is super important. We can't say that one is more important than the other. But if we had to, I would say, of course, results for our clients are the number one most important thing. And so we want to get results for our clients in every session. So what does that look like? Uh, Well, for some of our clients, they're going to feel a sense of relief. Uh, For some of them, they will have the insight Um, that is something along the lines, oh my gosh, I never realized that, or oh, that's bothered me, that relationship with my mom, or that thing with uh, with my ex, or my kid has bothered me for so long, and I'm so glad I feel so much better now. And like Cal mentioned, that when we do the future progression, we're gonna notice, in the, the test um, that the work has been done and they're getting uh, results from that. And so we really wanna look for results. Now, of course, the most important results are once they leave the hypnosis office. And so to loop it back to number um, to number two, which is the pre-hypnosis interview, we're gonna ask them what worked for you this week and we're gonna verify that they're getting the results that they came in for. So there's part of it in the hypnosis session and there's part of it that happens outside of the hypnosis session. So what would you like to say about that, Cal? You know, results 
It's super powerful because what's going to happen? It says, wow, it doesn't have to be 100 complete resolution in the first session. But if they can see, wow, you know, they've kind of been going backwards, backwards, backwards or stalemated, plateaued. And all of a sudden they're starting to nudge forward in ways that are measurable and meaningful and significant. That ensures they're going to come back and want to complete the process. And it greatly increases the power of what you did. There's this principle called compounding. And whenever someone experiences that which was suggested, it increases the power of every suggestion that happened before it. This compounding can be done in the hypnosis session or post-hypnotically. And one other thing real quick is when they start getting results, our clients have people who they care about and they'll be thinking, gosh, can you get results for my mother, my father, my sister, brother, significant other, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it greatly increases the probability of referrals. All right. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I'm Erica Flint. You can find me at CascadeHypnosisTraining.com. You can also find me in class, and I'd love to see you. I have an upcoming course in July. I have an upcoming course in October, and I hope to see you at the NDH convention in August, where I am teaching a bunch of classes there as well. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We're so lucky to have Erica with us. And you know what? I'm I want to see in class also. Got a class coming up, National Guild of Hypnotist Certification Super Course with Five Path and Seven Path, which means it's our course, but it's recognized by the National Guild of Hypnotists. And guess what? It's in July and it's October. Check calbanion.com because, gosh, maybe you're watching this a year from now or two years from now. My current schedule is always on calbanion.com. All right, that's enough for now. Calbanion. Signing off.